Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer, reality competition TV fanatic and a 100% faithful. Promise. The Trader is a deep dive into every episode of the now BAFTA-nominated hit TV show The Traitors, streaming on BBC and Peacock. This season of the podcast is dedicated to the UK series of The Traitors and today I'll be looking at episode 10 of series 1, followed by a fantastic interview with a very special guest. First though, it's time for Traitors Updates and TT News. After the various award nominations I covered in the last episode, The Traitors has now won its first award of the year. The Broadcasting Press Guild gave The Traitors its Best Entertainment Award at a ceremony on the 24th of March. The awards recognise exceptional UK programmes and performances that are commissioned, produced and seen or heard throughout each year and the Broadcasting Press Guild website reports that the traitors won by a wide margin of votes. I reckon this is really promising for all of the other award shows coming this year. If you've watched The Traitors and wanted to take part and win a huge cash prize, but you haven't applied for the next series of the show, there may be another way for you to play the game. Cruise Croatia have created a seven-night murder mystery cruise hosted by actual UK traitor Wilfred Webster. World of Cruising reports that the cruise involves guests being bumped off cabin by cabin, with the rest of the cruise a mystery until guests step foot aboard. The voyage departs August the 10th, 2024 from the Croatian city of Split and will take place on the luxury small ship MV Memories. The winner, out of 38 guests, 
will be rewarded with an all-expenses-paid seven-night luxury small ship cruise to Greece, departing in 2025, worth £10,000. Wealth says, I'm thrilled to be hosting this murder mystery-themed cruise. Playing this game out at sea will allow people to fully immerse themselves in the experience, as well as enjoy the beautiful cruise itself. If you fancy booking your spot, prices start at £2,395 per person. If you happen to have a three grand holiday budget for 2024, check it out at cruisecroatia.com. Today, for the first time in a while, I'm flying solo for the episode Deep Dive, and then I'll be joined by my exciting guest for a great interview. So, let's get right into episode 10 of The Traitors UK. the end of episode 9, the traitors were left deciding who they were going to murder, and they came up with either Aaron, Andrea, or Faye. Episode 10 begins at breakfast, Hannah's the first to arrive. She acknowledges that there are only 8 out of 22 people left, which is a pretty good achievement. Maddie arrives, Detective Maddie Marple is still on the case of Wilf and Aaron, and she says that you know what, Wilf's personality is blinding everybody. He's so charming and funny and he gets on with people, but he, he has them all fooled. And in her interview, she has one of her classic Maddie quotations. She says, you can still be a criminal and be funny. I detect no lies here. Maddie, you're absolutely right. You can be a criminal and be funny. Meryl then arrives at breakfast and she reveals that she won the shield yesterday in the armory and with the shield came enlightenment. She says she's been up all night thinking about it and she's finally seen the light. She tells Hannah that the traitors are Faye and Aaron. Without a doubt, she's decided she knows it. She says that she needs to talk to Amanda because Amanda's blindsided. Oh Meryl, how wrong. She tells the others she's not just 100% sure, guys. She is 1,000% sure. She has had, along with the shield, an epiphany. Poor Meryl. So wrong. We're waiting for one more person to arrive and we realise it's going to be either Aaron or Faye. And there's a knock at the door and in comes Aaron. It becomes clear. Poor Faye. Faye has met her demise. She's gone. She's been murdered. We have a flashback to the traitors. They're talking about Faye and Traitor's Tower. And they say... You know what? Faye's too eager to win. She's too observant. Although she kind of always gets things wrong, so I don't know why they're worried about that so much. Aaron is also quite clueless at breakfast that Faye's gone at first. He, it takes him a moment until he's sat down and then looks around and realises, oh, Faye's not here. Claudia then arrives and she gives them a little bit of a hint about the mission for today, as she always does. And she simply asks, how nimble are you? Andrea, amazing response. Angel Andrea says, semi-nimble, babe. Claudia leaves and Maddie then asks, what's nimble? Oh, Maddie, I thought you were a detective. We then have some discussions around about the grounds of the house. Kieran is talking to Hannah and he asks her, you know, have you ever considered Andrea or Amanda? No one's ever brought them up. They kind of seem to escape suspicion all the time. And Hannah says, well... Out of the two of them, I'd go for Andrea. Ha <laughs> ha. Aaron is talking to Amanda. They're on the grass. They're on a blanket. They're having a great time. 
he even says to Amanda, you know, I even thought it could be you last night, but nah, it couldn't be, and dismisses it as easily as that. And of course Amanda's just laughing along, haha, oh Aaron, how funny that you thought that for a moment. Wilf, Hannah, Kieran and Meryl then form this kind of little clique, they've got a little new group going on, they're sitting outside in their own space, and Wilf decides he just goes in for the kill. He drops Amanda's name into conversation because of this weird thing that she did that I talked about in the previous episode. Amanda turned against Theo at the round table in such a strange way. In episode 8, we had the dinner party where everybody chose their 100% most trustworthy person and Amanda said Theo. Theo was her number one. One episode later, she votes him out. She gets him banished. Everyone's noticed this and Wilf has obviously decided this could be quite useful for him and he also probably realises other people are going to pick up on it too. So he can't be on the outside of that. He's got to blend in as a faithful. So he drops it into the conversation and Kieran then asks, well, look, should we make an agreement? We should form an alliance. Maybe we should all go for Amanda tonight. Meryl and Hannah are really not totally convinced though. They don't know if they can commit to that. They're debating between Aaron and Amanda. Those seem to be the two people that the conversations are circling around right now. And Wilf suggests it could be both of them. Even stands up like it suddenly hit him. He's had like a Meryl epiphany and he can't believe it. He said, oh my God, what if it's both of them? To a viewer, it might seem ridiculous and he's overdoing it. To the faithfuls, they don't suspect a thing about wealth. We then move on to the mission, and the mission today is the lasers and the stately home. Claudia tells them we're visiting a home that's even more stately in the castle that you're staying in. I don't know if that's true, but hey, they all seem to believe it and they go along with it. In this room, there are different items worth different amounts. I love Meryl's response. She just goes, oh yes, this is good for me. They've got to navigate their way through the lasers, grab an item, make it to the other side of the room without hitting a laser. If they do hit one, one minute will be deducted from their time. And when the mission begins, they have 20 minutes to start off with. It's funny because one of the items is the shield. So someone could go for that, but they all collectively agree to just ditch it. They're not going to use it. I think that's probably wise, not to not have the shield, but I think if anyone goes for it, it it just will no doubt put them under suspicion. Even if you're a faithful, it might give the impression that you're a traitor and you don't want anyone else to have it, so you're going to try and get it for yourself. I think even, even if people didn't think you were a traitor, they might not like the fact that you try and take the shield without anyone else getting the chance to get it. So I think to avoid conflict and confusion and doubt, they should just avoid going for it altogether. And that's what they do. By the way, this makes me think of the Australian traitors that I know some of you have seen. A lot of you, particularly in the UK, there's not an easy way to access the Traitors Australia. But going for the shield in front of everybody else in that version of the show leads to some uh, bad consequences for players. I'll leave it at that. So, in this laser mission, Aaron goes first. He goes for this Centurion gear, and he does it straight away. He gets a thousand pounds for getting this item. However, when he gets to the other side, another laser's added, and the players realise this is what's going to happen. After everybody gets through to the other side, a new laser appears, and it gets more and more difficult. Well, let's go next. 
and <laughs> there's this brilliant shot of Wilf. He's he's wearing shorts, but he's rolled them up into sort of hot pants. It's they're baggy and they're hot pants at the same time. It's a very confusing image. Um, but that's what he's decided to go for. He thinks that's going to help him. And you know what? It obviously does help him because he goes for this enormous statue and manages it. He gets it through the whole thing. And I suppose it makes sense to go for the huge things earlier on when there are fewer lasers. So that was possibly, that was maybe quite smart of him. Uh, Meryl gives it a go. She doesn't make it very far before the bun in her hair hits a laser. She's out. She's not even touched an item and she's out. Hannah does the same thing. It looks like her hair hits something. Maddie too. Bun fail again. And it's kind of downhill from there. Uh, they have to keep resetting. Wealth goes again and he tells us that he used to be a dancer. Who knew? Uh, Maddie, again, she's she's actually the star of the, the interviews in this episode. We cut to an interview with her. And she has another amazing line. She's talking about Wilf doing really well in the challenge. And she says, he did it twice and that screams you're a traitor. No, just kidding. He's just a dancer. But <laughs> I think if we could see a little thought bubble above Maddie's head, the thought bubble would still read, you know, dot, dot, dot. I do think he is a traitor, though. I, I, she's she's never given up on that. Aaron, because even though he did really well the first time in the mission, he tries again. He fails the second time round. Kieran does a bit better the second time, but no one else is successful after that. So it's actually a really tough activity. Claudia, at the end of the mission, has to do her fair bit of acting. She's she's done it a few times in missions. She's got to sort of go along with this fake storyline. We saw that tenfold in the US version with Alan Cumming, who really is playing a role the entire time. He's not really playing himself at all. Claudia, though, uh, has to start shouting, get out, come on, come on, because there's an alarm going off and she has to pretend, oh, someone's coming to catch us in this house. We shouldn't have stolen this stuff. I wonder if she felt a little bit silly doing this. But do you know what? She's nominated for a BAFTA now for it, for Best Entertainment Performance, so I, I see nothing negative about Claudia at all. By the time they get outside, Claudia tells them they have won £3,700. And that means that the total prize fund at this point is £77,800. Claudia tells them all she'll see them at the round table. She reminds them you don't have many left. And Hannah, this morning at breakfast, had also said, I know we say this every day, but we need to get a traitor tonight. It makes me think... You know, the producers are really amping us up for another really interesting banishment tonight. It seems like they want the faithfuls to get somebody out. After the mission, the players start to have their discussions then, and they start this in the jeeps. What they're saying is that they've kind of stopped discussing big, huge theories so much anymore. They're going to all just have to think a bit differently. They've realised all their theories so far have not really worked so they're going to have to look at new people, unexpected people, people they had never suspected before. And Hannah is now suddenly very sus about Aaron. She's sitting in the front of the jeep. She's listening to what he's saying behind her. And her facial expressions are giving a lot away. So we know he's a faithful. But the way he's, he's, he mentions, you know, you better not vote for me tonight. I'll be so mad if, you get, if I get voted out. And Hannah reacts and thinks... Why are you speaking like that? She thinks that means he's a traitor. Of course it doesn't. We know that. She doesn't know that. What's really interesting, 
as a viewer is this is probably very obvious but they always uh they always chat tactics in the jeeps the jeeps are like this they're kind of like the steam train in episode one they're this special place um obviously they're they're told to do this at this point because there are there are cameras in the jeeps for a reason so the producers want to capture these conversations we know from contestants who've spoken since the show and contestants I've spoken to on the podcast, there are times that the players are told not to discuss gameplay. There's there certain times in the day they're asked, don't talk about the game right now, presumably because they're not on camera at those points and the producers want to keep all of the discussions for camera time. However, if you were listening to season one of the podcast when I focused on the US series of the show... Amanda Clark from the US show said it wasn't really enforced, at least on her production anyway. She said they were told, don't discuss things, uh, don't discuss gameplay when the cameras aren't on. But then nothing was really done about it. So she says people would talk about things when they weren't really supposed to. Who knows what they discuss when no one's watching? Who knows what secret alliances and theories are going on that we don't get to see as viewers? Back at the castle then... Uh, the players are they're having their dinner, they're sitting around with food in different rooms. Seems quite relaxed. Amanda is worried tonight. She says she's worried that Kieran and Hannah might vote for her. She's got a feeling. And she's right to worry because at that moment outside, they are talking about her. Wilf is still doing what he did earlier. He's trying to turn things towards Amanda. He's being quite clever. He's being a very good traitor. Again, no one seems to be looking at him. At least in the edit we see, no one brings up Wilf's name at any point. For various reasons, because he voted for Alyssa the time that she was banished, people assume that means he isn't a traitor. I don't know why, they, they assume that he wouldn't turn in his own, that seems to have cleared his name, and that's carried on ever since. There's this lovely moment between Andrea and Aaron, if you're ever feeling low and sad uh, and reflective, Take some time out, come back to episode 10 of The Traitors, watch this little moment with Andrea and Anna. They're playing sort of bowls outside the house. It's so old-fashioned and sweet. What's really nice is, obviously, Aaron's very young and he seems quite sort of innocent, unworldly. I'm not saying he's naive. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he's gentle. He's sweet. Whereas Andrea seems to have had a really rich life, she's from a different generation, she's telling Aaron all these different memories, she's talking about the 60s. It's a really lovely moment just to watch them have, have a nice bond and see them come together and it, it feels very genuine, you know, they're choosing to spend time with one another, it feels like they genuinely get on, it's lovely. And in a lot of reality shows, this kind of thing doesn't happen. In fact, in a lot of reality competition shows, there seem to be a divide between age groups and you often get more mature players and younger players that don't really get on and maybe don't understand one another. So this is one of the many things that I love about The Traitors, this UK version of The Traitors. Kieran is talking to Hannah and he says, do you know what? We work as a team during the day in the missions. We need to do it at night. We've got to be a team. The thing is, how can you do that? You can't do that in this game because you don't know who you're going to be on a team with. You've no idea who the traitors are, or you might have an idea who the traitors are, but you don't know for sure whether you're right or not. And that we see that throughout the series. People get it completely wrong in every single episode. So 
it's not that easy to say we're going to work as a team tonight. Because who knows who your team is? He doesn't know that Hannah's not a traitor when he's talking to her. So in we go. It's time for the round table. And again, like at the end of the mission, I get the impression Claudia seems more intense tonight. She seems even more determined than ever. She really wants them to catch a traitor. And they use this thing that they haven't done before. She wants them to all look at one another around the round table and say the words, I am a faithful, and look at each other in the eyes and examine how one another is behaving. It's as if the producers are saying, you know what, we've only had one traitor out so far. That was Alyssa. That was a few episodes back. Let's get someone else out tonight. It's difficult to tell objectively who's good at lying. As a viewer, I think the way that Wilf says the line comes across as very false. I think, As a viewer, I think, oh, he's clearly acting. But I'm totally biased because I know he's a traitor. If I was in that room and I was a player, who knows what I would think. And the thing is, none of them end up voting for Wilf tonight, so he obviously fools them. Kieran gets the discussion going. He starts to theorise. He says he's thinking about Andrea or Amanda. I am not a psychologist, guys. I'm not claiming to be a psychologist. However, there is something I know about psychology. I mean, I say I know this about psychology. I saw it one time on a programme, okay? Amanda does this thing. When Kieran mentions her name, she licks her lip. And she does it again later on at round table when she's speaking and she's defending herself. She speaks and then she licks her lip. I remember seeing a psychologist talking about this and saying sometimes that is a telltale sign of someone who's lying if they lick their lip or they stick their tongue out. Apparently the the idea behind it is you're saying words that you know are false or that you don't like and you're uh, you're presenting and you're giving a physical presentation of that by rejecting the words from your mouth. So it's almost like you're you're getting rid of them by using your tongue. Who knows if that's true or not? But I definitely heard someone who claimed to be a psychologist on some TV show at some point in my life saying that. So, I mean, that's basically evidence, right? Amanda looks to Hannah after she'd been accused by Kieran and says, well, you know, Amanda, you're always really confident. Maybe that means you're a traitor. Andrea then chips in. She says, oh, I agree. Yeah, Hannah, you're you're very strong. You you could be a traitor. They keep saying that she's got balls. She's really gutsy. Amanda then still, she comes back to Maddie. She's still buying on about Maddie being a traitor because she's an actress and she didn't tell them she was an actress. The thing is, earlier in this episode, when they were all having their dinner and it all seemed quite nice and relaxed and chill, Amanda had been sitting with Maddie and Andrea and had just told Maddie, you'll be safe tonight, no one's going to go for you. Bit sketchy, Amanda. I don't think you're doing yourself any favours here. Amanda also says, you know, well, after the Tom and Alex fiasco, when they revealed they were a couple, Hannah asked everybody, does anyone else have something to share? And Maddie, you, you had your chance there to tell us you were an actor and you didn't do it. Maddie then goes into defence mode and she says, well... It's been eight months since I've done any acting gigs, so that, you know, I didn't feel like it was the most relevant thing in my mind. Wilf jumps in, he says, well, that's not a long time. I, I know people who haven't worked in that long, they still call themselves an actor. Then the conflict shifts and it becomes about Maddie and Aaron. They're accusing one another because Maddie always thinks that Aaron's a traitor. And Aaron, I guess his way to defend himself is to come back at Maddie and say, well, well you're a traitor. Wilf then kicks in to high traitor gear. 
He says, Maddie, you know, I'm suspicious of you because of this whole acting thing. He then briefly turns on Aaron, which is quite unexpected. He says, Aaron, your name always comes up at round table. There's got to be something behind that. And then he switches to Amanda. And he says, Amanda, you know, I can't get over the fact that you voted for Theo last week. After the week before, you had said that Theo was your 100% most trusted person at the dinner party. And Hannah joins in with this as well. She's going, yeah, Amanda, that makes me quite suspicious too. What I notice at this point is there's this great shift in the music. And we're listening to Sam Watts' amazing score. Again, I've mentioned it in the podcast before. Sam Watts, who composed all the music for The Traitors, will be on a future episode. I interviewed him a little while back and we had a great conversation. So I can't wait for you to hear that. As an observant viewer... I reckon the language of TV is quietly speaking to us here. This shift in the intensity of the music, this ramping up of the music, suggests to us as an audience that something significant is going on here as soon as Wilf turns on Amanda there. Meryl says, you know, this is all actually getting worse. She says, the smaller this gets, it's not easier to find a traitor, it's actually more difficult. And a few of the other players have said similar things. So voting begins. Normally I just sum up the numbers, but you know what? I'm going to go into each person. We're at small numbers now. Who voted for who? Hannah starts. Hannah votes for Amanda. Kieran next. Kieran votes for Amanda. Then it's Maddie. And of course, Detective Maddie Marple goes for Aaron. And I love her reasoning at this point. She, she just goes, Aaron, I think it's you because uh, I'm voting for you because I think you're a traitor. That's all she needs to say. Andrea just chimes in and goes, who would have guessed it? Andrea, the voice of us all. Andrea then is next. And Andrea votes for Hannah. Because, you know, she had said, Hannah, you're very confident. You're always so strong. You don't really seem as nervous as everybody else. Aaron then just votes for Maddie in return. And he even says the phrase, you know, it's tit for tat. Which is maybe a little bit foolish. He's This doesn't seem like he's voting because he thinks she actually is a traitor. I think he's just voting for her because she, she's so annoying to him. Amanda then votes. She votes for Maddie. And I think she's doing what she did with Theo again. She's turning too easily on someone in a way that will draw attention. Because like I said, at dinner earlier, she was sitting with Maddie and Andrea. And both Amanda and Andrea said to Maddie, you're you're safe tonight. No one's going to vote for you. You're fine. Don't worry. And now Amanda's got her name on her slate. It's not a good tactic. Meryl votes next. She votes for Amanda. And while she's voting, we get more of these shots that we get every episode of Wilf just looking sick. He looks like he wants to vomit all over the round table. It's really, really uncomfortable viewing. Wilf is then the last person to vote. And Claudia explains to us, you know, if he votes for Maddie, there'll be a tie between Amanda and Maddie. But if he goes for Amanda, that's it. She'll have the most votes and she'll be out. Wilf turns over his slate. And he's done it again. He has backstabbed his own traitor. He votes for Amanda. Amanda sits pretty much silently during Wilf's explanation. I, I get the impression that underneath the surface, she is seething with him. And in her interview, she says, do you know what? I kind of saw it coming because Wilf has been avoiding me all day. She says Wilf really hasn't spoken to her. She knew that something sus was going on. It's Amanda's turn to stand up in the circle of truth, reveal her status. She gets pretty emotional. She's upset. 
She says she's taken so much out of this experience. She's had an amazing time with all of them. They've all been fantastic. It's great getting to know them. And then she says, guys, I am a traitor. And they are so shocked. I think I think they're collectively more shocked than when they got Alyssa out as a traitor. They, they, even though several of them voted for Amanda, they look like they absolutely cannot believe it. Aaron has tears streaming down his face. After Amanda walks out, Maddie's just going, she's not a traitor. She's not a traitor. Like she, she cannot fathom it. Meryl in her interview says, I've never been so shocked in my entire life. I still can't believe she's actually a traitor. While they're all in this complete state of shock, Claudia ramps up the tension further and she tells them there will be another murder tonight. You're not off the hook. Aaron then mentions, wait, there's still another traitor. And Maddie's asking, is there one left? And there must be because there's going to be another murder. After the round table then, there's some discussion around the house. Aaron is utterly gobsmacked. Can't believe it. He even admits he is the most gullible person he thinks. She had me fooled. She had me as her friend. She had me close to her. Maddie reflects this. She says, all the traitors have been my friends. All the, the traitors, the well, all the traitors, all two of them. The two traitors so far have been really close to me. I've, I've been fooled. I've had the wheel pulled over my eyes. Kieran says, well, he claims he knew it. He says he knew it must have been an older person. And he says, well, Faye had been murdered this morning. He knew it had to be Amanda or Andrea, according to his theory. So, you know, he's in a way not surprised. He he, he thinks he, he had it right when he put Amanda's name down. So we then go to a very strange traitor's tower for the episode because Wilf is alone. He's the last traitor. Claudia comes in and when she knocks at the door, Wilf jumps out of his skin because he's he must be on such an edge right now. He must be feeling so intense. And she says, you know, why did you banish Amanda? You've done it again. And Wilf starts to say, look, I just I just couldn't trust her. I realise that even though we come in here at night and we discuss who we're going to murder, we don't talk that much during the day and I don't think we had really built up a genuine bond. Wilf then gets really upset. He starts crying and you can see this gate, this is getting to him. He's He's playing it pretty well. Obviously, he's the only traitor left. But psychologically, it is obviously wreaking havoc on him. Claudia, then, she's... she's I don't I can't see Alan coming doing this in the US version. Let's just say that. Claudia gives him a hug. She comforts him. She reminds him, look, you're sm it's a game, and you're playing the game well. You're smashing it. You don't need to be upset about that. She then explains, tonight he has the chance again to recruit. And Wilf acknowledges, yeah, I need someone else with me in the final. I need to have another person. I can't be the only possible traitor that people are looking for at the round table. And Claudia explains that the recruitment tonight will be different. It will be an ultimatum. It won't just be offer the, offer the chance for somebody to be a traitor and they can choose it or not. Well, they still could, but she tells him that he's going to meet his possible recruit face to face and if they reject, then they will be murdered. Wolf doesn't seem to hesitate much about this. He picks Kieran immediately. And he says, well, Kieran is a really strong player. He's clever. But also Wolf recognises, look, I'm picking him tactically because I think I need another male. He says, the two traitors so far have been female. All the players 
will expect the final traitor to be a male. They probably won't think it'll be all female. So having another male traitor come on board will take the burden away from Wilf being under suspicion. It's a strange situation we're in with this ultimatum. I think, well, the producers have got to use this. They need this ultimatum thing because if Wilf gets banished at the next round table being the only traitor, then there'll be no traitors left, which might make the final episode all feel a bit anticlimactic because we would start the final episode knowing that the faithfuls have won. So that's not going to make great TV. The producers need at least one traitor going into the final. But this then sets up a bit of a problem because for future series of the show, do we know now that there are always going to be traitors left at the end? Do we know all the way through it that when we get to the finale, there's going to be at least one traitor there? Does that take something away from the unexpected nature of the show? The traitors will never be eradicated before the final. All you can really do as a faithful is get out as many as you can before that point. But then there's another conundrum here. What if Kieran had said no? What if Wilf met Kieran, asked him to be a traitor, and Kieran says, no, do you know what, I don't want to do it, just murder me? It's very unlikely that anyone would do that. I don't think anyone would choose to be murdered. But it's not impossible. Some players might say, I can't do this, I can't do it at this point, I can't betray everybody else. I don't think I can keep up the act. Just let me go. You never know. If that happened, then Wolf still would be the only traitor. And there is a possibility that he'd get murdered at the next round table and there'd be no traitors in the finale. It's probably not going to happen, but it's a possibility. So Kieran gets his letter. He's told he's required at a meeting. I also think the face-to-face element of this is an additional measure by the producers to encourage Kieran to accept. Because remember, we saw Alex in a previous episode, she received a letter from the traitors offering her the chance to be recruited and she rejected it. I think if she had met the traitors face to face, well, she couldn't have met them face to face because then she would find out who they are and she would have to be murdered. But Kieran could have just been given the letter and told on the spot, decide right now, I think they wanted Kieran to come and meet Wilfred to encourage him to accept rather than to say to Wilfred's face, no, I don't want to be a traitor with you, goodbye. Anyway, Kieran doesn't know what's going to happen. He is just told he has to go to a meeting. He's wondering, am I going to be killed? Is this how you get murdered? He knows he's about to meet the traitor and he says he thinks it's Aaron or Meryl. And he finishes the episode by saying, let's see how this plays out. So episode 10 finishes with another incredible cliffhanger. We could be about to lose Kieran from the game. And at the start of the episode, we lost another faithful Faye. And I was really lucky to get the opportunity to speak to Faye herself all about that murder and about her time on the show. Here's our chat. Enjoy. (laughs) 
My guest today on The Trader is a UK faithful who survived until episode 10 of The Traders and who, like me, shares the dream of retiring from teaching ASAP. Faye, how are you doing today? Hi, Matthew. I'm doing really, really well. Thank you. Oh, brilliant. Now, we're recording this on the morning that the clocks went forward. Are you coping with the time change? <laughs> yeah, I'm coping. Um, my body clock still got me up the same time I would have done if it hadn't have gone forward. So everything's cool. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I'm sort of a, I'm more of a night person, to be honest, but it's not that early. We're, we're doing it at a pretty reasonable time, so it's not so bad. Now... I have lots of questions to ask you about the traitors, including questions mm -hmm. that some listeners have sent in on social media. Before I ask you them, I'm going to introduce you to our game on the podcast, The Trader Traitor. Our goal from this point onwards is to try and sneak in one lie to one another. It has to be a made up fact or a fabricated story, big or small. What it can't be is a fake opinion, like saying you didn't like a particular contestant when actually you were all friends and got on well and love one another. At the end of the episode, we'll put our traitor hunting skills to the test and see if we can detect one another's lie. How does that sound, Faye? Yeah, sounds okay to me, yep. Ready to tell me a lie at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go then. I'm going to start with a few questions from listeners. So a question on Twitter from Divarazis, who is a big Traitors fan. Uh, they ask, why did you want to be on the Traitors in particular, as opposed to, you know, a different, a different reality show or a different TV show? Well, that's, real, that's a really good question. The reason I wanted to be on this show particularly was because it was different. You know, when I read the first line, the word traitors, we all know what that means. And it was for me to think, oh, I could be a bit naughty. As you know, working in a school, you have to be squeaky clean. You have to be promoting positivity the whole time, even if you don't think it sometimes. <laughs> but that you could, I thought I could be a little bit devious. This is the chance for me to explore the other side of me. So when I saw that and um, everything about it, suspicion, missions, I thought, wow, this is me because I'm a sporty person anyway. Um, I've done sports all my life. So I thought, mm, that is so it's an active um, TV, you know, series. It's reality, which means there's no scripts. So you could just go and be yourself. And yeah, it really did appeal to me. So um, I wanted to do something different this year because um, I always said I would retire at 60. And I was 60 in February, just gone. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity to do something different because I've been working with um, SEMH children, social, emotional, mental health children for over 28 years wow. in the same setting. And I just thought, my God, Faye, you know, when you retire, what are you going to do? Because all you know is looking after children, head of welfare. So I wanted something that was going to give me an idea of, is there something else for me, basically? And that's why I went for Traitor. So that's the answer to that person. Who, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay. Uh, another question on Twitter. This is from Alan Robert. Alan asks, connected to teaching, really. He says, mm-hmm. How shocked were your students when they saw you appear on TV? Do you know what? They were absolutely delighted. When they saw me on TV, my boys were just so proud because I work <laughs> in an all-boys school yeah. and they couldn't get enough of it. And the parents as well. You know, I think that really did bond the school because we're a very small community anyway. We only have 70 boys on roll. So 70 to 80 boys on roll. But um yeah, it was fantastic. They loved it. And they, hence, they all watched it. Their families watched it. Anybody that came through the school doors, basically, they all watched it. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. Now, on the Trader podcast, I've been deep diving into each episode of the show. And I have some questions about things that happened in various episodes, things that have come up in our discussions. Um, I'm going to go our way back quite early on. In episode two, at the very first round table, uh, your your name cropped up. I think it was Nikki who ended up being banished, uh, suggested she thought maybe you could be a traitor. How much did that make you panic for your name to be mentioned so early on? Yes, I mean, I'm glad you brought the round table up because that is the most tense experience anybody could imagine. Yeah. And when you hear your name, you just think, God, you know, why are they looking at me? Why are they saying it's me? Why why me? And luckily, I think because I was a faithful, I could be honest about it. Yeah. And strong, my opinions were very strong at the round table. Um, I think Nikki probably just said me because I'd said her, so I didn't really feel that threatened. Um, hence, my name didn't come up again. That was the only time it came up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And shortly after that, uh, you in the next episode, episode three, you took part in the fun fair, the wheel mission where you were all spinning around. It looked very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> some, some of the other players voted for you as most ruthless and things like that. As a viewer, I don't think we could we could see that or understand that at all. What what do you think was going on there? And Matthew, what was going on? I would think, and this is my personal opinion, that the traitors would have been talking and probably they were sussing me out because I'm someone that answers a lot of questions. That is my middle name, Faye question. <laughs> and they probably were a little bit threatened, so they could feed all of this negativity to the others. I mean, if you remember in episode one, I had one of the contestants says 
oh, look at Faye, she's given the eyeballs, etc. you know, blimey. So you think if you're around people like that the whole time, because when you can't be together with everybody, there's 22 of us and the castle's huge. So you're walking around, you're in your little groups, clicks, and then people are saying this and that. So when it comes to missions like who's the most two-faced, who's the most ruthless, people are going to get in their little groups and say, yeah, I think they is because so-and-so said yesterday this. Because remember, they don't tell you these things in front of your face. Yeah. All of this is all it is backstabbing. <laughs> That's what happens. That's traitors. You know, you don't hear any of what's said about you. You only hear people saying nice things about you when you're in there because they're befriending you, aren't they? They want you on side. They don't want you to vote for them. So it's yeah, it's very, very it's a it's an interesting thing. I was quite surprised when those two um comments came out actually. Um yeah. there you go. That's Obviously, that was being said at some point somewhere. Yeah. Befriend and betray, as Wilfred said. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sp- speaking of the, the wheel, what was your favourite mission? The barrel. I love the barrel. And that was a moment where we all really did have to work as a team collectively. Um, it got a lot of stress out of us as well because it was a huge effort. I don't know, you didn't appreciate how far that mission was, seriously. We had to push the barrel right at the top of the castle, down the hill, and then up to the um, the whiskey... Uh, distillery. This is distillery, absolutely. So it was a huge mission, and, and um, that's the mission where I won the shield. So that was my favourite, right. of course. Yeah. I... <laughs> interviewed uh, Andrea yesterday and she mm-hmm. asked her about missions. Uh, her her favourite was the sheep herding, but she said that uh, in the in the sort of buried alive task, she was saying, oh, Faye and I should have swapped. I should have been buried. Faye would have loved running about. <laughs> Absolutely. She's right. Yeah. Well, which, but the way Claudia put it over to us, oh, who would like a nice quiet me time? And I thought, oh, God, yeah, that'd be lovely. <laughs> just to sit on the top of a hill and just meditate or whatever. No, it was in a box. <laughs> uh, this is, I have a very specific question now. It's about episode five. Uh, this is the episode where Tom is banished at the round table. And after Tom was banished, you suggested that you shouldn't have gotten rid of him because he would have been your best hope of finding another traitor because Tom was very clever and very insightful. Uh, but why did you th- why did you think that about Tom when he'd got it wrong the week before with Ivan so much? Why did you still think Tom would have been a good person to have around? Tom was very insightful. He really was. And sadly, we didn't see the best of Tom. And I think because... Alex was in there. We saw a different Tom because remember all the time he was probably trying to protect her. He wasn't then totally focused on the game. I believe if Tom was in there on his own, he probably would have got right to the end. I really believe that because I, you know, we had some really nice little chats, Tom and I was in awe of Tom. He was amazing. He really was. And um, I just felt that at the round table, he concentrated on, Alex rather than concentrating on the whole game. So I still believe that, you know, we shouldn't have got rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most exciting moments 
as a viewer and I'm sure as someone in the game was when you caught your first traitor, you caught Alyssa and Alyssa was banished. The next day at breakfast, you seemed totally thrown off by that, which makes me think you you must have not suspected Alyssa. So how did that change your perceptions going forward or your strategy now that someone had been found as a traitor that you didn't necessarily think was a traitor? Alyssa was the last person on my mind to be a traitor. There was Alyssa, Amanda, Maddie and myself, which you probably again didn't appreciate because you didn't see it, but we were the ones that were together mostly. Yeah. So we hung out together you know, in our free time, not that we had any because we were mic'd up for 24-7. <laughs> but um, I was very surprised, honestly. I mean, there was a debate at the round table at one, one, one evening where we said, I said, no, let's move on. She's not even in the equation. And the next <laughs> couple of nights, she was a traitor. So, yeah, my perception then changed. I then had to look at everybody differently. But it's very difficult when you like people, Matthew. Yeah. You know, when you like people, because it is a lot, it's a game about being liked as well. It's not just a game about um, catching the traitors. Um, you know, it, you find it very difficult to get rid of people that you're quite close to. And those bonds, believe you me, after day two, day three, bang, you're there all the time together. So, you know, why do you want someone like Alyssa to go if she's your buddy? You want them to hang around if you're getting on with them, don't you? Because that makes you feel better. You're away from your family anyway. And um, we had no contact with them. So everybody there, even the, the, the crew, they were all big. We were all one big family. So, yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you won the shield in one of the missions. And... As, as a group, you came up with this very clever tactic, which was to actually not reveal who had won the shield, because that therefore then gave you a sort of group immunity. Um, and that worked probably really well for you guys. I, it's something that I, we, we talk a lot about on the podcast. Um, do you think, this is pure speculation, do you think moving forward for the next series of The Traitors, the, the makers of the show might might change how the shield works because I'm guessing they didn't foresee that the players would come up with that clever plan. <laughs> so do you, do you think I, uh, a lot of the guests I talked to, we we think, oh, the shield will work differently next time. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I, I think the shield concept is fantastic to have that shield and have to have immunity, like you said, from being murdered remember not banished just murdered is a, a powerful thing to have i mean i remember going into that room and um opening that box up i mean i can still see it now and i lifted it up and there it was and i was going oh my god oh yes because <laughs> i knew that i was going to have a bloody good night's sleep you know <laughs> but however i still had to think about getting through the round table because you know that's where anyone can be murdered banished so i don't know i don't why should they change it i think what will happen is they'll keep it exactly the same and let the players decide what might change is that the traitors think actually there's six people went in that room i'm just gonna we're gonna kill whoever forget about who's got the shield because the likelihood 
likelihood of finding someone with the shield is this very difficult unless that person go and tell someone else yeah it's hard um i don't know if you watch the us did you watch the us traitors yeah yeah what's his name won it three times yeah um, <laughs> yeah i mean come on what's the chances <laughs> of that three in a row you know um you're lucky if you get it once so i believe that the producers will keep it the same because why should they change it it's it, you know it's up to what people, like I said, what the traitors will think now is, tell you what, that shield doesn't mean anything. If we go for Faye and she's got it tough, what they might think is someone's been recruited. Ah, yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. See, so it makes it even more difficult because <laughs> you'll be thinking, well, what's happened here? The only people that will know, remember, are the traitors. They'll know who they murdered. And if they see that person at breakfast, they'll think, she had the shield. <laughs> See, so now I think it's even better. Actually, I think that's my opinion. Leave yeah. it. Why change it? It was brilliant. You mentioned earlier, Faye, that you you said your middle name was questioned and that you like to ask things and be very <laughs> inquisitive. And several players, particularly the traitors, commented on that you were dangerous because you were always asking questions and investigating. As a viewer, I, I always thought, well, yeah, of course she is. That's the point. <laughs> is that did, did people say that to you in the castle? Or is that something that when you watched the show back, you thought, oh, I didn't know they thought that about me? Absolutely. I did not. Th I didn't know that they thought that of me. No. But I know I do ask a lot of questions. So that's another thing that the traitors would have been chatting about on their own. You know, Blumen Faye, she's always digging. She's always wanting to know this and she's always wanting to know that. And watching it back, particularly when the traitors went up to do the deeds, um, they were mentioning me all the time. They, You know, and obviously we were always seeing the edited version. Can you imagine the conversations they were having? Come on, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they wanted to murder me several times, but um, I got on very well with Amanda. And like I said, you know, we were very, very close, Amanda and I in the um castle so you know maybe that's why you know i hung in there so long yeah. until episode 10 and then you know we'll well we'll get to that bit later but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think yeah i do ask a lot of questions but like you said that's the name of the game isn't it if you're not answering the questions you won't get you won't know the answers will you yeah simple as that mm. You mentioned there that uh, there was probably a lot more that the traitors talked about that we'll never see. And that leads on to another question from a listener. This is from Joseph. Joseph is a traitor super fan and was a previous co-host in an episode. Joseph asks, were there things you wish had been shown that didn't make the cut? Yes, I think there's lots of laughter. They miss loads of laughter. We had fun, you know, even like you said on the funfair wheel, you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Um, the sheep trials, like Andrea said, we had a scream, particularly Maddie and I, we were just rolling over. We got in trouble, actually, <laughs> Maddie and I. We got in trouble by the producers. They had to cut and keep filming that one several times because we just couldn't stop laughing. So, um yeah, there was lots, but I think they wanted to keep it dark. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't want us to look as if we we're having a good time because the name of the show, 
didn't lend itself to that. (laughs) (laughs) I I think despite that, that, I think the the viewers certainly got the impression that actually you did all get on really well. And, you know, since the program, we can see on social media, lots of you tagging each other in things and going to events together. I, I, (laughs) I think... That's not necessarily the same in different countries' versions. We mentioned the US one briefly. Why Why do you think you guys all bonded so well? Well, I look at, um, you know, the bond. That's, that's really interesting, isn't it, about why people bond together, what makes you bond. First, you've got to like that person, like I said to you. You know, I liked Alyssa, Maddie, Amanda. I got on well with Tom and Will in there and even Andrea and Alex. And there was Matty and Aaron. Honestly, I got on with lots of them in there. And I think when you're taken away from your comforts, you look for something else to make you feel quite nice. Now, most of us in there, obviously at the time, we didn't know anything about any of the others. As far as we were concerned, we were all ordinary people. Yeah. Now, if you look at the US one, and the, I think there's the Australian one, a couple of them were already stars. So, you know, I think with Rachel in the US one, Rachel and Brandy, they didn't hit it off because they had that feud because they knew each other from other reality TV shows. So I think that's the difference. We, there were no prima donnas with us. We were just ordinary people getting on with it and having a lovely time and thinking, wow, this experience is as new for you as it is for me. So I think that is, that's my personal opinion. That's all I can say. I mean, yes, there may have been people that have done little bits of other stuff, but they weren't global stars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, episode 10, then, you you were murdered. You you seemed to take it quite well. That was the impression that came across. But how, how frustrating was it to get really pretty close to the final? Were, were you holding back how annoyed you were? Getting to episode 10 at breakfast was a huge achievement for me, really was, because, you know, each night at the round table, you saw people go, you saw tears, you know, and people said, oh, are they real tears? Yeah, they were real tears for sure, you know, and the same with each night going to bed, you think, oh, my God, would I make it for breakfast? And, you know, it's kind of like when you get there and you do read that note and it says on there you've been murdered by the order of the traitors you think wow it's a bit of a relief actually because honestly it's such a stressful time in there and i was just proud of myself to think that i'd got that far and um you know when you've got claudia will come in there at the door waving you goodbye that's quite a nice thing isn't it you know (laughs) (laughs) and and at that point when you were murdered who did you think the traitors were at that point when i was murdered and you do you actually sit and you reflect but i reflected the night before because the night before 
I sat and told Wilf. He said to me, I bet you've got a strategy, haven't you? I said, yeah, I really have. He said, well, what is it? And I said, well, because I was really thinking Will and I could probably get the traitors at the next round table. <laughs> and um, I said, I've got all of this mapped out. I've got all the people on the left-hand side, except for Maddie and myself are the only ones left all the others right down the middle, because Andrea was kind of opposite me on the round table, all the people on the right, one of them, two probably are traitors. And Amanda sat that side, Wilf sat that side, Aaron was sat that side, Hannah was sat that side as well. So my thinking was, it's over there. And I told him that, and he said, when we were called, because the bell, the um, sorry, when the... Um, Chimes went for midnight. That was our carriages ready to take us back to the lodgings. And he said, when I walked out that door, he said he went like this to the cameras. We interrupt this podcast to explain to the listeners that here, Faye was making a gesture with her hand across her throat to imply Wilf was suggesting get rid of her. Yeah, she's gone. She's gone, mate. And then... I didn't know that, but that night I said to myself, God, I don't know, I think I revealed a little bit too much to Wilf. Mm -hmm. So when I sat in that chair, I wasn't surprised, strangely. I thought, yeah, stupid. You know, you revealed that, that your next mission at the round table is to get rid of someone on that side. Well, Maddie and I would have had a chat because she was convinced from day one it was Wilf. Yeah. Aaron. So she would have said, let's go for Wilf. And I would have said, yep. So we could have, you know, we collectively, we could have got some votes to have got Wilf or Aaron out because I would have known it was definitely on the right-hand side of the table. Yeah. yeah. And there was no point. I knew it wasn't Hannah. Hannah, definitely not. Meryl, I knew it wasn't Meryl either because Meryl probably would have told us by episode three. If she was <laughs> so yeah we knew i knew definitely wasn't meryl it definitely wasn't hannah and i was convinced it wasn't aaron as well because i shared a lot of time with aaron aaron and i actually we arrived to breakfast the most out of anybody else yeah together so and again i did get so will and amanda and yeah probably one of those would have gone if i'd survived <laughs> yeah and how did you then find out that you know, Will was a traitor. How how did you find out? What was your what was your reaction? I wasn't surprised because, like I said, you know, I thought he was one. Then when I read that note, I thought, bloody hell, that must be Wilf and whoever. I didn't honestly know who the other traitor was. Um, but when I found out that that was Will, I thought, oh my god, you know, wow. But I knew he liked me. He, we both Liverpool supporters. We both support Liverpool Football Club, and we've hung out together at Anfield since. <laughs> so, yeah, he probably kept me in like he did Hannah because he got on very well with Hannah as well. Him and Hannah were like this seriously yeah, in there. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is, really. But um, <clears throat> it's a game at the end of the day, Matthew. And if yeah. you want to win it, you have to be ruthless and, and controlling and two-faced yeah. <laughs> all of those things that absolutely. you were accused of absolutely falsely accused of <clears throat> in retrospect then do you think you would have liked to have been a traitor 
I think everybody would have liked that opportunity to be a traitor. However, I think the role I play at school would have been very difficult for me to have been a traitor. And I think they knew that as well, because obviously I didn't come across overly keen to be a traitor because, you know, how can you be working with children with difficult needs and then all of a sudden you're lying out of your teeth because that's what they did most of the time and it was quite convincing as well. It actually <laughs> was quite scary, actually, some <laughs> of the lies they were telling. You think, wow, where'd you get that from? And then to face the boys and say to them, you know, personal stuff and, yeah, it would have been very difficult for me. Um, if I wasn't in the job I am you know, in now, then, wow, who wouldn't want to be a traitor? You've got the upper hand. It's in, you know, you can only mess up yourself because at the end of the day, if you're clever, you could go all the way. Um, I think a man, both Amanda and Will messed up themselves. They could have won it. Amanda particularly, I mean, she voted Thea 100% two nights ago before as her 100%. Uh, then she bloody held his name up the next day. So sadly... She messed up, you know. I think with a traitor, if you're if clever, like Siri was very clever. Respect to Siri, honestly. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, God, I mean, I think she played the game to the T. That's how you play it. You're going to win as a traitor. You play like, you don't mess up. You don't, you don't over-exaggerate. You listen, and then you just add your little bits in. And I think that's the way to go. Yeah. yeah. So... 100%. I would have played the game like Siri. Yeah. Absolutely, if I was a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> what advice then would you give to a new player who is about to begin the show that, uh, as a faithful? What What would you tell them to do? Be themselves. Because if you're yourself the whole time, you know, particularly as a faithful, why would you lie? And sadly, there were people in there that were making things up the whole time. Yeah. And you think, why have you done that? Because you found out later, or why haven't you disclosed who you are? Because at the end of the day, surely, because we're all in this stressful situation, and then you find out that someone was a whatever, or they didn't do whatever, you think, well, why have you lied about that? Because you're not a traitor, you're a faithful. Be honest, be yourself, listen well. You know, because that's the key, listening yeah. and look at people's behaviours. Because the truth is, we did see that Wilf was a traitor at the round table. You know, he was always doing this and yeah. that. But because we were all caught up in our own emotions, it was very difficult for us to see that clearly. You, the viewers, remember, you always knew who the traitors were. So when people were saying, oh, why didn't you see this? Why couldn't you see that? Well, you knew who the traitors were from day one. You know, if you'd had a blindfold on when Claudia tapped people on the shoulders and you played the game like us, that would be interesting to see how that would have played out. That's, I've mentioned that in the last couple of episodes that it's very easy for us to forget as a viewer. We we have inside information and it's, yeah, it is easy for us to say, oh, look at Wilf. He just, he always looks so sick. He just looks like he wants to throw up. It's, it's so obvious, but... You know, in the game, you we you you've no idea what it's like, and it's a completely. That was different... Ivan sat next to me, and he was really 
you struggle in at times. And and if I, you know, he sat on the left of me, and I kept thinking, God, Ivan, you know, I could hear him heavily breathing and whatever. And I was thinking at some point, God, you know, that's traitor behaviour, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> you could pick several people out and say, you know. Theo, as lovely Theo is, again, he was quite anxious and upset and crying at times. And you could think, mm, why is he doing that? You know, everybody had something different. And, um, yeah, it's it, it, it was just interesting. And I think with me, I kept the same most of the time, Matthew. Yeah. I was who I was. I was absolutely solid. And I was, people say, oh, she wasn't emotional at the table. No, because I was focused on the game. <laughs> You know, I was trying to find out who the traitors were. And that can make other people then think, hmm, that's not really getting to that person. But um, I think the 28 years of the job I've done has hardened me and made me a person that has to be in control a lot of the time. Yeah. 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 My final question for now about the show. Well, it's not really about the show. It's about life since the show. What's... What are, what are some of the most exciting things you've been able to do or experience since being on The Tracers? Well, you get lots of invites to all these lovely musicals and shows that are in the West End. That's been nice. I love that we were, um, three of us were chosen to give out a Pride Award in Manchester. Yeah. That was lovely. That experience was fantastic. You know, you, you see people on the red carpet and whatever, you know, taking pics, and then we had to go up on the stage and present an award um, to the NHS. That was that was fantastic, and we met some really fantastic people that night. Um, I think um, um, I've been signed to a management company, CBL Management, now, and I'm looking forward to working with them when I finish at Easter. Um, so I'm looking at a new direction, and I don't know where it's going to take me, Matthew. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having more time to do some different stuff that I've never been able to do. And I want to visit some schools as well because um, there's a lot of schools in London. I've had the opportunity to – I haven't had the opportunity, sorry, to visit um, SEMH schools like mine, and I want to go and do that. And I know there's a lot of children mainly that watch the traitors, honestly – the amount of kids that I've bumped into, whether it's at Stansted Airport, Tesco's, just at school, my school's a pretty good example. They love the traitors. So if I can do something where I can blend in what I did with the traitors and use it with ment the mental health, I mean, being invited to the BBC last month was lovely for the BBC. I went to the BBC Children in Need bit. Yeah, and the work that they those guys are doing are phenomenal, and I know they want us to do something else with them. So all that I did a project in um, went to where was it? I went to Leicester. Leicester. I did that basketball project. I don't know if you saw the video, and that was a BBC Children in Need project and things like that. I want to do more of that. So I want to give something back. Yeah, because I yeah. think I've got a lot to give back from the twenty eight years that. Um, I've done at um, the school I've worked for. So yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. there's lots there. I've got there's lots I can do. I know it. Yeah, and you may even be uh, at the Baftas soon. Now that the Traitors has been nominated for two awards. 
Incredible, isn't it? I mean, that is just, yeah. I mean, people, do you know what? When we would film and people would, we got feedback and they kept saying, this is great. They said, oh my God, we'd be, because obviously the producers are watching the whole time and they're doing whatever. They just said, this is phenomenal. And they knew then that this was going to be big, but yeah. I think it's had 70 million views which is massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the BAFTAs, wow, wouldn't that be great if, you know, we could all be invited? Because you know what? All 22 of us deserve to be there because yeah. without one, it wouldn't have happened for the other. Yeah. And and even, you know, people that went out in the earlier stages, well, you can't play the game with three people or four. You needed the 22. So that would be a great that would be a great thing for all of us just to say that's a nice thank you from Studio Lambert and the BBC to say thank you, cast members. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Hope it hope it goes well for the chasers. Now, we have been playing a game throughout the interview. Before we finish our game, uh, where can we find you, Faye, online? Where can people check you out on social media? Is there anything else that you want us to know about? Well, I'm a, I, I have got a TikTok account at Radio Girl, Girls underscore. So, I, but I don't use it because I'm not a TikTok fan. I'll be honest with you. I only put it on there so that I could link up with the others, not for me to put stuff on there. And I've got a few thousand followers. So I don't know how, <laughs> but I have. <laughs> um, sorry, followers, but I'm, I haven't posted anything on there. And um, at Radio Girls is the one for Instagram. That's the one that I'm more... Um, operational on and um so as radio girls with a z so um yeah you can follow me on insta yes and i'll put the links uh underneath the episode in the show notes so that people can follow you Lovely. now we've been playing a game we've been playing the trader traitor ah. our mission was to try and deceive one another Faye. uh mm-hmm. i I hope I've managed it. I I told you a lie at some point. Did you tell me a lie? Yes. Okay. I well, why don't why don't you begin? Any idea what I lied to you about? No. Why, Matthew? Sorry. I'm going to give you some thinking time. I'm going to. I'll guess your lie. I'll come back to you if you're still not sure. Then I'll reveal myself. Your lie. Now, as you were speaking, I've written down a couple of options, um, but I really, I'm right. I'm going to, I'm going to guess this thing because it's something that I know very little about. <laughs> you mentioned something about football. You said that you and Will were both Liverpool fans, and because yeah. football is not something that I'm really an expert on, I thought hmm, that could be a lie, and I would never know. It, it, was that the lie? No, um, we're definitely, look, you can see that I've got the Liverpool live bird. You do? Yep. You'll never walk alone. So, no, I am definitely a Liverpool fan and Will is as well. Okay, okay. Um, In that case, uh, you'll have to reveal yourself. What, What did you lie about? My lie was when I said to you, when I sat down and read the letter, Claudia Winkleman waving us oh. on. She was never there to wave us on. She did in the breakfast. She carried our picture and she carried mine quite nicely, actually. But um, she wasn't at the door saying goodbye to us at all. 
it was the welfare people. This I wrote. I don't. I'm holding a poster up. I've written Claudia Waves as one of my options, and I didn't go Did for you? it. Yeah, that, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so annoyed. So annoyed with myself. Yeah, that was the one. Yes, I said to you, she was there at the door waving a song. No, she didn't. <laughs> uh, but we did see a lot of her, though. <laughs> yes. My my lie, uh, last chance to guess, Faye, any, any idea at all? I'll give you a clue. It was, I mentioned uh, that I interviewed Andrea yesterday, which is true. I, I told you a little lie about that, though. Oh, you did say, <laughs> yes, you did say that you interviewed Andrea. I can't remember what it was about now. Um, uh, I think I'll have to tell you. I yes. I lied a little bit. I said that Andrea's favourite mission was the sheep herding. Oh, actually, that's right. She, she didn't that say wasn't. anything about that at all. I, at that part, I just made up. <laughs> but do you know what? I bet you if you were to... Did you not answer the question? I did, I I did ask her that question, but she said something else. She didn't mention the sheep. Maybe she forgot. She, I bet hers would have been something like the bell ringing or something like oh, that. Yes, or... yes, she talked about that. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Look, see? Yeah, <laughs> she enjoyed that mission. I know that. Yes. Um, I hated that. That was bloody dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my pulling it off. God. Yeah. <laughs> Faye, it's been so nice to talk to you today. Thank you for coming on the trader. I hope you've had a nice time. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, right. I will uh, share the links to your social media so that people can find you and I will keep up to date with you online, I'm sure, as well. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Thank you, Matthew. Bye-bye. Hello Trader listeners, I had such a lovely time talking to Faye, I really hope you enjoyed her conversation. I've put a link to her Instagram in the episode description, along with all of the podcast social media details and my coffee.com details, in case you're feeling particularly generous and have been enjoying the pod and want to help fund the running costs. I'll be back very soon with another episode and another brilliant cast member interview. Check out at the Tradar podcast on Instagram to get a little sneak peek at who that is. Until then, stay faithful. Mm-hmm.